Okay, this is for Monday of Parshas Behar. And we're here in chapter 25, verse 14. They've just been discussing in yesterday's portion and Sundays the laws that have to do with the Yovel when all the fields go back to their original owners. So based on that, this flows into what we're going to discuss today. You make a sale to your fellow, or when you buy from the hand of your fellow, do not victimize one another. So Rashi explains that what we're saying here is simply, as as verse sounds, that we're looking at two people, and we're saying that neither one should do something that could create a, a, a problem. In other words, either one could create something that create a problem financially for the other in terms of this sale, in terms of this transaction. So therefore, we have to, on both sides, both on the side of the seller and on the side of the buyer, we have to be careful to be honest. And as we're going to soon explain, the honesty here, connecting it back to the Yovel concept, to make sure that the price of the sale from both ends is fair. That's a simple meaning on a more drash-like meaning, we're learning from here that when we sell or when we buy, it should always be to a Jew. As the verse says, when you buy from a Jew, when you're selling to a Jew, with your fellow, meaning the Jew, that we should always be selling or buying to the Jew, our brother. So it says don't, don't victimize one another. It means here to victimize a person, meaning in terms of financially, take advantage of them. So what could be the advantage? So the next verse says, of course, in the years after the Yovel, where we are just discussing the Yovel, yesterday's portion, shall you buy from your fellow, according to the number of crop years, shall he sell to you. So what this means, very simply, is that when the Yovel is operative, when you're selling a field, you're not selling it forever. You're selling it until the Yovel, because then the Yovel comes back to you. So therefore, when you're calculating a sale price, you have to calculate it honestly in terms of how many years we have left to the OVO. And based on the years left to the OVO, that determines the fairness of the price. So if there's not too many years to the OVO, and you're selling it at a high price, you're victimizing the buyer. Or conversely, if there's many years to the OVO, and you're selling it not at such a high price, you're victimizing the seller. So therefore, both sides, both the seller and the buyer, have to buy it with the calculation of the Yovel years. And that's what we mean here by not victimizing financially the other person, by being honest here, financially, to calculate the price based on the Yovel. That is the basic, simple meaning of this verse. The rabbis add another level of meaning here because of the specificity of the wordage, shnei, to the years of the produce, which really um, shouldn't be shnei, it should be shtei, because shtei is feminine and tuos is feminine. So the fact that it says shnei in the masculine instead of shtei in the feminine is hinting that there's something else going on here. And we see shnei also implies just on a, a level of a hint, the years of the crops, which is saying that minimally there has to be years, the minimal years of crops, minimal of years, years is plural, the minimal of a plural situation is two. So from this we learn that if one 
sells his field, and then he wants to buy it back, where he does have the option to buy it back, but he can't buy it back until two years have elapsed. And we don't mean here two cycles of produce, because it's possible in two years to get three cycles of produce, depending on where the produce was holding when you bought the field. If you bought the field right before the harvest, so in two years you can get in three crops. So we're not counting crops, we're counting years. But because Shnei, years of, and years is minimally two, and the verse is trying to tell us something, so the most minimal number we're telling us is two, so therefore, if you sold it, and then you regret having sold your ancestral territory, even till the Yovo, and you want to buy it back, you come, you gather the money to buy it back, you still have to wait two years. But since he went through all the trouble of buying it, and obviously everything that's entailed in that, he keeps it for two years before you can buy it back from him. According to the greater number of years, you shall increase its purchase. And according to the less number of years, you shall reduce its purchase. Pre is selling you the number of crops. So you sell for a higher price. Rash explains you sell for a lower price based on how many years of crops we have left until the Yovo. Do not harass one another. You shall fear of your God, for I am Hashem, your Hashem. Do not harass. Now here, it's not talking it was previously about financial harassment. Here it means verbally. Now, what's the verbal harassment Rashi explains? It's to give someone advice that's not correct. In other words, you're giving someone asks you a question and you give them advice for your benefit. Like, I don't know, maybe someone asks you, uh, should I um, sell my car? And you're thinking, oh, it would be really good if he sold his car because I could buy it and I need, I need a second car. You say, yeah, it's a really good idea to sell your car. You're not giving him the advice for his benefit. You're giving him for your benefit. So that's called here, that's what Rashi says, this verbal harassment we're talking about. Now, someone's doing that, a person can think, well, nobody's going to know. I mean, who knows? He's asking my opinion, and I'm giving my opinion. Who could ever fault me? Because there's a God who knows. And that's why in this verse it says, don't harass. And then what's the following phrase? Fear God. Because he knows what's in your thoughts. He knows your intentions. And anything given over to the heart, that the only one that really knows about it is God, it tells us to fear God. You shall perform my decrees and observe my ordinances and perform them, and you shall dwell securely on the land. So if we are fulfilling God's word, we will dwell securely. That's why Rashi points out that because they did not observe, again, contextually here, talking here in this context, they didn't observe Shemitah. And because of not observing the Shemitah, the sabbatical year, once in every seven years, which is a very difficult commandment to observe, a very great test, but since the Jews did not observe it, that's why they went into exile, and that's why it says that the Jews were in exile for 70 years in Babylonia, Babylonian exile, because there were 70 Shemitah years that they didn't observe properly. So when you're in exile, the land is so being appeased for all the sabbatical years that were not properly observed. And of course, this is going to flow into the next verses that we'll continue tomorrow about keeping the sabbatical year.